0: To me, collaboration and competition are necessary. But always remember, your biggest competitor is yourself. And when you compete against yourself in a healthy way, that is what will fuel you at the end of the day. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Welcome back to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. So did the title of this podcast pique your interest just a bit? I mean, you're listening, so I'm guessing maybe it did. And you might be thinking, wait a second, does Amy not believe in collaboration over competition? Now, don't worry, my sweet friend, I want to explain. Let me start by saying that I think competition is important, and I think collaboration is important as well. However, sometimes people will say collaboration over competition, and I don't necessarily buy into that one 100%. And I'll tell you why. Let's start with my take on competition. In my business, competition keeps us hungry and keeps us ambitious. But let me caveat this with the fact that I'm not necessarily competing with someone specific or by definition, an actual competitor of mine. In fact, I never am. And that's because I don't ever really know somebody's numbers. I don't know their revenue. I sure as heck don't know most of my competitors profit because let's be honest, most people don't talk about their profit. And I don't know their podcast downloads or their website traffic or really any of that. I'm not behind the scenes of their business. And so you can never really know what's happening with your competitors. Now, with that said, when you don't know a competitor's numbers, then how can you truly compete with them? Now, if you start to compete with these competitors, you're probably going to very quickly find yourself in an unhealthy type of competition, which can breed imposter syndrome, self-doubt, and a lack of ideas. So I don't compete with my competitors. And if you told me, Amy, who are your top five competitors? I wouldn't even be able to list five people that I really truly believe are my competitors. And I wouldn't make this episode if I wasn't being honest. Like if I didn't want to share with you how I think about competition, I just wouldn't make this episode. Like I'm being very honest. That is not how my mind works. So who am I competing against? Well, I'm sure you can guess it. I'm competing against myself, the current state of my business. And yes, I do look at the industry. I do try to figure out what's working and what's not working. But at the end of the day, the only real numbers I know are my numbers. And so I am constantly competing against myself. And I try to do it in the most healthy way possible. So here's the reason why I only compete with myself. Number one, You all know that my ultimate mission is to help as many entrepreneurs as possible. And in order to do that, I have to be the best of the best. And I want to be the best of the best. I want to be the number one entrepreneur who teaches others how to create and launch courses. I want to have the most success stories. I want to have the biggest launches, meaning I'm helping the most people that I can. And that drives me because I know if I'm having a really solid launch, I'm supporting a lot of people. Like my current class of Digital Course Academy students, I'm in love with them. They have drive, they're excited, they're sharing their journey with me. That's the kind of stuff I live for. We just had one of my Momentum members have a $78,000 launch. I read every detail they shared in Momentum because my Momentum membership members, they give debriefs of their launches. What worked, what didn't, what they tried. That was different from last year. Like, I eat it all up. So that's why I do what I do. I feel as though I'm creating freedom for people that do not have it currently in their nine-to-five jobs. So I'm fueled by wanting to be the best of the best at what I do so I can help more people find freedom on their terms. And I won't be able to do that effectively or successfully if I'm constantly looking at my competitors, intently analyzing what they're doing from what I can tell from social media or from their emails, and I can promise you that will send me down a dark, dark hole. Because at the end of the day, because of how my brain works, I will never measure up. No matter how much you tell me I'm doing a good job, no matter what my numbers look like, this is, I hate to admit this to you right now. I'm gonna admit something that I don't like how my brain works in this way, but I am very aware of it and I work on it with my therapist. So don't come at me, but I gotta tell you something that I'm gonna regret even saying. I just recently had this like really amazing successful launch and I happened to catch on social media because I can't help myself. I see what other people are doing. And somebody was doing a launch and they were doing a great job. And this was like a month after I launched DCA and I felt like, am I doing enough? Am I pushing hard enough? They were doing something very different than what I do. Should I be doing that? I just came off of one of my most successful launches ever. And I got a peek of what someone was doing on social and thought I wasn't doing enough. That is bananas, my friend. I literally told on myself that night when I was sitting down with Hobie. I'm like, I gotta tell you, a thought that went through my head and how ridiculous it was. And I was aware of it, but my coach tells me I can't beat myself up for thoughts. That's not fair. Like thoughts are going to come and go. I can't control all the thoughts that enter my mind instantly. So why beat myself up? And then my coach also tells me that I can't believe everything I think. (laughs) So hear that one again. I can't believe everything I think. So the thought came up and then I caught it fairly soon. I'm like, that is ridiculous, Amy. Stay in your lane, cheer them on, be happy for them, not envious. And also remember what my goals are and what my intention is for my business. But sometimes it gets really murky and messy when you're scrolling social media. So that's why I really tell myself, I am not competing against anyone other than myself. And as I mentioned earlier, I am intentional about analyzing my industry. I can't teach you how to create courses and launch courses if I'm not really studying the world of digital courses and online businesses and how it's evolving and how it's changing. And that's where you walk that fine line, my friend. You want to be aware of what's in your industry. You want to see what people are doing, but then you have to be very careful that you don't go down that deep, dark hole of comparing yourself and not measuring up. So I tell myself, okay, you could do the research, Amy, and you could see what's working and understand cutting edge strategies and tactics. I mean, my business has changed over the years by paying attention to the industry, but also not getting caught up on, I'm not doing enough or I'm not good enough. And the problem with entrepreneurship is that It is such a fine line. Social media pushes it in our face. And so it's just so easy to say, but I'm not good enough. And that's where we have to be very careful. So at the end of the day, I am looking at my benchmarks and saying, how can I do better? How can I do 10% better next year? How can I wow my students in a bigger way and help them get bigger results? I think those are the good questions. How can I help my students get bigger results? How can I make Digital Course Academy easier to get to the finish line? How can I add new strategies that are very doable for a newbie entrepreneur so that they can see results faster? Those are the good types of questions to ask because I can look at what I'm doing and then ask myself, how can I make this better? So I take all the knowledge of what I know is what's working in my industry, what's working in my business, what's not working, what's happening in the world. And then from there, I ask myself, okay, what am I going to do to do even better next year? So for example, I feel as though I've been chasing 2020 launch numbers for a few years now. 2021 was a bad year for me for so many reasons. I talk about it on the podcast in the past. 2022, we definitely did better than 2021, but we haven't really been able to hit the kind of numbers I hit in 2020. And I think so many of my peers, at least, and some of my students can absolutely relate. 2020 was a boom year for many of us creating and launching courses because so many people were at home. And so many people were paying attention in such a different way. And so 2021, the world started opening up. I think a lot of us kind of struggled, not all of us, but some of us struggled that year. And then 2022, we're kind of getting back to normal. But I'm happy to say that 2023 is going to be a bigger year than 2020. And so again, you can see what I'm doing, right? I'm looking at my own numbers. I'm looking at my own benchmarks and I'm saying, okay, what do I want to do from here? And so I am essentially competing against myself. Now, sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it's not. Chasing 2020 was not necessarily the healthiest thing I've ever done. And I had to check myself over and over again. And you know what's interesting? I just realized this as I'm recording this episode right now, somewhere along the way in 2023, kind of early in the year, I finally said to myself, I'm just going to let go of 2020. I'm just going to let go. Sometimes it's healthy to compete against yourself, but when you obsess about something, it's not anymore. And I knew it wasn't healthy anymore. So I said, I'm just going to let 2020 be what it was, and I'm going to move on. It's a different world. Funny enough, when I did that, I just realized this right now, I'm going to have the best year we've ever had in the business, in 14 years of being in business. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. If you're white knuckling something, even if you're just competing against yourself, but you're white knuckling it, it's probably time to loosen that grip. And I do believe that that's what I did this year. And I think it contributed somewhat to having the best year we've ever had. So again, I do compete against myself and sometimes to my detriment, which is something that you just want to be careful of. And more often than not, it does serve me. Not to harp on it too much. But to go back to that unhealthy bit of competing with yourself, something that did also help me this year was, why am I doing all of this? Like at the end of the day, what am I after? Because it's not a bunch more money. So what am I doing this for? Another great question is, when is it enough? Do I really need $50 million in my business to feel successful? The answer is no. Or is there another area I'd rather focus on beyond profit that would feel really rewarding for me? Now, one thing we do in our business is we track the number of testimonials we're able to collect every year. It's not enough to sit around and hope that people email me and tell me the success they've had with my course. We actively go after people and ask them about their launches and what they've done and get the good, bad, and ugly. And so we have a goal of how many success stories we want to collect over the years. That feels so much better than a dollar amount that I fixate on. So it's things like that, that I start focusing on when is enough enough and what really matters at the end of the day. And the truth is, whatever your answer is, there's no judgment here. If you just make it about revenue and profit, and that feels great to you, and you're doing good in this world, I'm going to hype that up all day long, but it is a really good question. Why are you doing this? And another great question is, when is enough enough? Well, that's a hard question to ask. I don't even know if I've ever successfully felt great about my answer yet, but I'm gonna keep asking it until I do. Now, let's change gears and focus on the second part of this episode, which is collaboration. So collaboration over competition, I don't totally buy into that, as I mentioned, because I believe that competition is healthy to some extent, got to keep it in check. And I believe in competing with myself. And in addition to that, I actually don't do a lot of collaboration. I think it's necessary, but I'll tell you why I don't think it should be a huge push or a huge focus in your business if you don't want it to be. So first of all, I've been burned in a sense with being in a partnership that didn't go so well. So in my book, Two weeks' notice. I'll link to it in the show notes if you don't have it. There's an entire chapter of how I almost lost my business and had to start from scratch due to a partnership that I did not manage well. And so it was the worst year of my life trying to get out of that partnership. I did a million things wrong, starting with the decision to get into the partnership in the first place. And so because I feel burned by a partnership, I'm very cautious of any kind of collaboration. When someone comes at me and says like, and it's happened before, like, Amy, we should create a course together and sell it together. I'm like, I'm not doing that. That does not feel in alignment with where I want to go. And so like probably likely never see me do a big collaboration. However, when I think about that word collaboration, I think about it in a different way. To me, collaboration is sharing ideas and strategies with people that are in my circle and doing similar things, such as selling courses. Now that collaboration, I've done more of that kind of collaboration this year than I've ever done. With that, I'm talking about I've gotten in rooms this year, probably 10 times with different groups, collaborating in the sense of sharing ideas, what worked, what didn't, talking about our launches, talking about our businesses, talking about building teams, I share it all. I was just in one in Vegas literally last week where people were asking me all about my DCA launch, all about my boot camp, all about my webinars. I shared everything. I did not hold anything back. And so to me, that kind of collaboration, sharing ideas and not holding back is such a beautiful place to be because it reminds me to stay in a place of abundance. So in some of those rooms, you could say some of those people are my competitors. I mean, give you an example, Jenna Kutcher. She's a dear friend of mine. She sells a course on list building. I sell a course on list building. And we have shared every single strategy we've used in webinars, boot camps, email marketing, many chat, DM strategy. We literally do not hold anything back from each other. And I feel like that's the kind of collaboration I want to be a part. We have similar audiences, probably a lot of overlap, and still, we both will hit our goals this year. And I have to stay in that place of abundance. There's enough room for both of us, and what's meant for me will find me. Did you hear that one? What's meant for me will find me. And if it is not meant for me, there is an absolute reason for that. So yes, on paper, some of the people that were in the rooms I was in this year sharing all the stuff have similar programs to mine or have similar audiences, but we talk about our ideas and that feels like a healthy relationship in terms of my relationship I have with myself and my business. And my relationship that I have with the peers that I choose to be around and do work with. Now, what I think is not a healthy relationship with a competitor would be if I were to buy Jenna's course, I never have gone in her course, if I went into Jenna's course, paid attention to everything that she taught, and then took some of that and put it in my course, Obviously, we never want to do that, right? But a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of self-doubt would come from that. And so one thing I don't do is I do not pay attention to someone's course that could be a competitor of mine or really similar. So I could name a few people that have similar courses to Digital Course Academy, and I can promise you I've never purchased their course. I've never looked at their sales page. I can't do it. I might not be strong enough. I just feel like I get way too much in my head. I'm making this episode to tell you that it's okay not to look. It's okay to not really know who the big players are in your industry if you feel like right now you can't probably be totally healthy about it. Now, over time, I think it's important to know who the players are. I'm very aware who they are, but I just don't go deep there. And I'm careful about that. Now, I do some collaboration. I do promotions with other people who have courses like the membership experience, Stu McLaren. He launches something that I will never create a course around. I'm never going to teach people how to do memberships, but courses and memberships go hand in hand. So I love to promote his program. I collaborate with Stu and I promote his program and he promotes mine and it feels really good. I don't see him as a competitor, but we have a big overlapping audience for sure. So that kind of collaboration, I do it. It's minimal because this year in 2024, I want to focus more on my courses and doubling down on trying to get those locked in. So I'm not going to do a ton of affiliate promotion for other people, but there are some relationships where I am going to do that. And so I might be scaling back a little, but I still think it's important. And I love to talk about other people's programs. Another thing you'll likely see me do is shout out other people's programs or other people's books, but not as an affiliate. So I will gladly have someone on my podcast to talk about something really cool that they're doing, have them use a link that's not an affiliate link, just because I think that feels good and I want other people to know about them. So I do a lot of collaboration on my podcast in that way. So, all in all, I think the way that I view competition and collaboration isn't choosing one over the other. Essentially, it's looking at competition through a lens of collaboration. I'm collaborating with my peers, we're sharing ideas and we're sharing strategies. And I'm taking that back and looking at my own business saying, how can I do better to get my students bigger results? And so, to me, Collaboration and competition are necessary. But always remember your biggest competitor is yourself. And when you compete against yourself in a healthy way, that is what will fuel you at the end of the day. And also, my friends, let me just remind you that there is enough business to go around. What is meant for you will find you. So I know that not all of you will agree with everything I just said here. You know, on Tuesdays, these shorty episodes, I share what I'm thinking, what's working in my business, how I operate my business, and my goal is always for you to find one little nugget to walk away with and make your own. It doesn't mean that you have to do exactly what I do or agree with everything I agree with or I do. Hopefully, it just inspires you to think differently or act differently in a way to grow your business and thrive and also create a business that feels good to you. And the way I look at competition and collaboration, that feels good to me so I can show up as my best self. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And if you have an entrepreneurial friend that doesn't listen to online marketing made easy, but you think, you know what? You could get some goodness out of this one. Will you grab the link to this episode or just this podcast as a whole and text it or send it to a friend? I would greatly appreciate it. My goal is to reach as many entrepreneurs and help them out as possible. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week, same time, same place. Talk to you soon. My friend, did you know that HubSpot launched an AI chatbot that helps you streamline building campaigns at scale with just a few prompts? Hallelujah. I'm not even kidding. It's called Campaign Assistant. And it's a totally free to use AI tool made for marketers and business leaders who spend hours a day on content creation. That's us, right? My team has definitely been using this feature and I hope you're gonna check it out as well. Campaign Assistant will transform the way you build marketing campaigns at scale. Craft personalized emails, ads, and landing pages in a matter of minutes. Just pick the content type add your key selling points and let AI support you in generating ideas for content. Now, you know that I deeply believe that AI is our assistant and not the creator, right? And using this is a great way to get those creative juices flowing so that you can create your most effective campaigns without starting from scratch. Seriously, campaign assistant is the key to unlocking writer's block so you can scale faster. And this tool is free to use right now. So work smarter, not harder at HubSpot.com slash campaign dash assistant.